Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We got the right where we want it. Prime time on Football Friday. No one comes into our house and pushes us around. 1080 The Fan. How you play today, from this moment on, is how you will be Remember, this is a football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Whoa, boy! Welcome in on an absolute gorgeous, dare I say, steamy Friday. Close to record-breaking temperatures. And, uh, nope, we're down a rock, we're down a buck, but we've added a Nemec. We've added a rust. Uh, we used to call these the SNL editions, Souk, Nemec, Lynch, but we, we don't have that anymore. We'd have to have, like, a, an SNR. Uh, you could call it a snore. <laughs> I don't know if we want to call it a snore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's, that's selling what you think it is there, Souk. <laughs> we got a snore edition of Primetime coming to you live from a closet. Nemec's already uncomfortable because we're far too close. Because you haven't done a show with someone else since we've been in the uh, the new building, since we've been in the closet. Yeah, it's weird that we're we yeah. are very close. It's, to you. it's, Wait, it's I can reach out and rub your face. Yeah, it's, it's very close. Well, way, time in there, te- huh? By the way, I'm tempted. You, you look, should you look great. Today. You should never touch another man's face. Have you ever accidentally touched another man's hand? Like accidentally, it's one of the more awkward things you'll ever do. Like put your hand out on the table right now because you know it's coming. Only Watch if you're not this. comfortable in your sexuality suit. See. I no one is more comfortable in their sexuality than me. My right pants here. did a thing. <laughs> My kids have said that I'm 33% gay. They've been saying that for years, and I embrace it. I can admit when another man is very attractive. In fact, I might like if the ghost of Steve McQueen were to come down. Eh, look, something might happen. I un- I understand. Jason Momoa might be the best looking person on the planet, male or female. I can admit that, but I'm telling you. Try it. If you're sitting around the radio right now, like we're doing an old-timey broadcast, gather around. Right. Little Orphan Andy, it's a snore edition. Fireside chat with Souk. Put, if you're sitting there and like you're at the office right now and you're in the car, especially if you're in the car with another man, put your hand just like like on the, like, like where the shifter is, and then have your friend just gently put his hand on top of yours, and I promise you, both of you will instantly just be like, that's awkward. It's not bad, but it's one of the more awkward things you can do. I will one-up you. <laughs> I often, when I meet people and we're, we're doing the recruiting thing, we do, you know, you dap up and you kind of do the bro hug thing. Absolutely. I was off balance, and the guy pulled me in, and Ooh. we touched cheeks. Ah. Like, it would, you normally go, like, yeah. he, chin over shoulder. Chin over shoulder. And you kind of, like, dap up, and our cheeks touched. Yeah. And that was real weird. Yeah. And, you know, and it, was Damon, it was Damon Griffin, the former – he's a receivers coach at Central Catholic, formerly doing some training stuff out in Seattle. Cheek to and cheek. I, every time I see him, I feel weird about it. Yes. I don't think he remembers, but maybe he does, and it was, it was uncomfortable. It is. There's just those moments where, like I said, there's nothing to them. It's not a big deal, but instantly both of you will be like, hmm. I, I learned that. My, I was in college, and I, I was working during the summer as a janitor. And like all of us, like the O-line, we'd all get the same summer jobs, right? So we'd all be waiters together. We would all work at a bowling alley together. And immediately, the customer complaints skyrocket and they lose money. I've told Why the story. In the you world ne- how anyone hire- hired us, I have no idea. It was always friends of the program. You know, there was always like every, everyone had them. Like, but in Oklahoma, it was cool because you got like no-show jobs where they gave you a car and like thousands of dollars. We had jobs that you had to show up about and that they just didn't care. But we got paid like, you know, 12 bucks an hour. But we were horrid employees. But I remember once we were in the janitor's closet, this little janitor's closet, and me and my buddy reached for the same thing. Like we reached for like a the clipboard to sign in. 
And we both read simultaneously, and it was like this slow motion. Sometimes when, when we touch. And his, and he has this giant hand, right? Just he's one of these mammoth human beings. And his hand went over the top of mine, and we both just kind of looked at each other, and then we realized that his hand was still on mine. And he just slowly pulled it away and goes, let's never speak of this again. And then he left the closet. <laughs> And it was on that day. Wait, he left the closet. He met- left the closet. Metaphorically? or I don't know. He just walked away. Oh, just, literally. He, he literally just, left, he the, left the closet. He left the closet. He walked away. And it was on that day where I learned that there is something extremely awkward about a man touching another man's hand. Although you brought up, like, the face. I don't know if another man has ever it was touched we- my face. It was weird, man. It was accidental. It's not good. It's well, not a good thing. Well, I'd make the argument that the face touch outside of the bikini zone, right? Like, oh, it's... Remember it's when, intimate. Yeah, remember like when you were a kid, like they would give you like that weird, like, you know, don't touch someone in the bathing suit zone, like that yeah. sort of weird. Outside of the bathing suit zone, I would make the argument that there's no I'll even go a step further. I I think it's less awkward to touch the backside than it is to touch someone's face. Agreed. That's yes. what I'm saying. Face to face, face to cheek face. to cheek touching yeah. on like a bro hug yeah. is very strange. Well imagine I just was off balance and he yeah. pulled me in and I lost my balance. And we touched faces, and you could tell, like, we pulled apart and looked at each other, and it was like, that that's not how that's supposed to happen. No. It was very uncomfortable, and I still remember it to this day, so obviously it, it left an impression. Well, ima- it, it, was, it was a dark day. Imagine someone gently caressing your face. Like, imagine me reaching out right now and yeah, my... Don't and, do it. And just holding your cheek. And I ask you, which is more uncomfortable? If you were walking in front of me and I gave you a little, little pat on the fanny, maybe even a little... Little, little goose, little grab, way less awkward. Because I think that could be... here's the thing. You're an O-lineman. Yes. So your your spectrum of butt padding yeah. is different than most men. Like, I, I get what you're saying, athletes. I've even had athletes after a big play when I'm walking the yeah, sideline and they know little, me. They give me a little pat on the butt. And people ah. are like, wait, what? An athlete pat? Yes, that happens. Because like, you get to know them and it's part of the sideline thing. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who didn't play sports who would go, dude, you've had people pat you on the but and it, yes, that's yeah. part of sports. Sure, I think face to face touching is weirder because the butt pat again. We kind of all grew up with it with like nice play slugger or yeah. nice hit slugger yeah. or whatever. But the face touch, no, no. that's right out. No. You, you just you, yeah, you can't do it. Hand touching is worse <laughs> is worse than than the butt touch. The butt touch is like part of the guy thing. Yeah, nowadays I don't know if that's like a don't clip that. <laughs> Was that a thing? Can like can coaches like can, can coaches pat you on the fanny anymore? Who was that or coach we... that got fired up and just was oh. it was it Brett Venables for Oklahoma? It was someone that did... just full on like slap somebody on the butt fired up. Well, there was a photo going around just the other day. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, it was it was yeah it was it was it was college NFL. I don't, I'm trying to remember, but it was like a handful. That dude was grabbing. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was a. It wasn't a pat. That thing was a grab, and that was a squeeze. I mean, it was just right up in there, and like I, I, I just wonder like at, at like levels anymore because now you got to be very careful. It's a new day and age that we're in right now. You can't go around smacking people on the fanny. My dad, uh, rest his soul. My dad was a notorious fanny smacker. Yeah, he was. My dad would give you one. He'd, he'd give you a little swat. He'd give someone a swat, and then like like if you were like at a girl over the house, he'd give him a swat and be like, he'd be like, "Hey, son, she's a cute little girl," and you didn't think anything of it. He'd swat the girl on the yeah, butt. Yeah, he swat the girl on the oh, butt. Yeah, that's right. No, out. he can't do that anymore. No, that's not okay. No, anymore. that's assault, brother. But back in the day, <laughs> it like wasn't a thing. So I don't know. I've been out of the coaching. Well, I've never coached. So I just am not around like junior no, high or little a, kid it's football. Still a, it's still a thing. That's still a thing. I don't know little kid football. But I know in high school you still see that all the time. Because, I again, like I said, I've had I've been walking the sidelines where I know a team pretty well in the last few years. Yeah. And the team scores a touchdown, and someone swats me on the butt. It's like, yeah, what about that, Nemec? What do you think of that? And I'm like, all right, but this is uncomfortable because if someone sees that that doesn't this understand, how well I know Friday you. edition of Primetime with Isaac. Is that a subtle reminder to talk football? Yeah, like, no, I just, you know, hitting the wrong buttons here. Oh, look, it's the learning game. We're still all in the closet here. Yeah. We're working through geeks. Hey, we sound a lot better today. I was dri- listening, driving in, and I didn't hear us cutting in and out. Well, that's that's good oh, news. That's huge. Oh, yesterday it was about, I, like, and we understand. Like, guys, please bear with us. We're we're literally working on trying to get into the new studios, and it's. I feel bad for the listener because it's like you get people that are like, hey, are you guys aware? Yes, yes, we are aware. 
We are fully aware of some of the technical difficulties, but I can assure you we have like nine different engineers working around the clock here to try to get this thing put together. I think if people saw the setup, they would be somewhat surprised because the new setup is going to be really nice when it's all done. But right now we are in a glorified closet sitting at a singular desk with two mics, multiple compu- two different computers, some it's, hardware, it, and we are literally less than a full arm length. And we away can't from see Jeff Rust. The best part is Rust is just in a room adjacent. So when Rust wants to talk to us, he just yells, and we can kind of hear him through the open door. <laughs> Rust is just a disembodied voice on the other side. This is like a setup, like if we were just doing it from our garage. Like we just decided, like ah. Yeah, screw it. We'll just do it out of Nemec's garage. We got this. So uh, bear with us, although it does sound a lot better today. So I was told that we think we've solved uh, whatever problem was plaguing us yesterday. That doesn't mean that a new one won't pop up today, but our engineers are out there doing God's work, and they're fighting for us. So uh, hang with us, and hopefully as this thing goes on, it just keeps sounding better and better and better. It's like Thursday night football. Stick with us for 46 possessions, and eventually (laughs) we will give you a touchdown. I swear we'll give you one. And it might be Justin Fields. Usually when I fill in for Rob, you and I basically are like, hey, did you see the game last night? Yeah, okay, let's go do radio. Like there's no – we actually really – we have a number of segments that we discussed. and us. And it's a Friday. And it's a Friday. Look at us. Who'd have thought? We'll have a ton of football to talk. We won't talk a lot of baseball because you won't go there. We might talk about you and Danny having a preseason basketball football off. I could go there a little bit with baseball. (laughs) Not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton. We got a ton of NFL to talk. We got a ton of college football to talk. Joey Harrington will join us at uh, 530 for his weekly chat. We'll set your DVR at 515 when we come back. We'll give you the poll here on uh, our Twitter AAA heating and cooling poll question that we do each and every day. And uh, I promise you we will have something to do with football. And, uh, well, it is a football Friday. A Souk, Nemec, and Rust edition right here, primetime on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the Odyssey on 1080 The Fan. Our AAA heating and cooling poll question can be found at Twitter. Go to uh, 1080 to the fan there. AAA heating and cooling, family company helping families over 60 years. AAAIAQ.com. We simply ask you uh, to vote and vote hard, as we like to say. What will go down is the better QB rivalry? Brand, or, uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Or throw some young pups in there if you want a Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. You can throw that in there as well, and you can vote, again, at Twitter. Uh, our tag at 1080 the fan. The Alan Mahomes thing is shaping up to be, to me, the next Brady and Manning. And I know that, that Herbert's a very talented guy. I think Joe Burrow last year, maybe we've come da- back down to earth on him a little bit, but obviously he's been to a Super Bowl barely in his career. But to me, when I look at, at, at the quarterback play, even going back to Brady and Manning, I felt like whether you were talking about Drew Brees or you're talking about Aaron Rodgers for a long time, I think there was a conversation about are, are, is Brady and Manning the very best quarterback in the league? 
you know, or is there someone that, that supplants them as one versus two? I think right now, I don't think there's a whole lot of question. I think it's Josh or it's uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and I think there's a significant drop-off between one and two in the rest of the league, and I'm not sure that drop-off was there with Manning and, uh, and Brady. Yeah, I, I, you look at it right now, and, and I like to do it this way. This is one of the ways I've been, I've been kind of taught to look at it. If you change situation, because so many people want to say, well, Mahomes had Kelsey and Hill. Okay, now he loses Hill, but he still has Kelsey. So let's, let's do it this way. The Bears are terrible. The Bears are terrible. If you put Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes on the Bears, they'd have a real chance at winning that division and beating out the Packers, the Vikings, they, or the Lions. They'd have a real shot. If you put Herbert on the Bears, I'm not sure the Bears are immediately then a playoff team. Yeah. But I would really be willing to bet if Mahomes or Allen were traded there day tomorrow for a first-round pick, I'd be like, yeah, the Bears are probably making the playoffs. That's a little bit why the, the Burrow thing was so interesting in that Cincinnati wasn't a great team. Cincinnati had an elite receiver. Actually, they had a couple good receivers, but, I mean, Jamar Chase was amazing. Though you come back down a little bit uh, to earth this year, I feel like the whole Bengals – team especially their offense has but you know I think that was the interesting thing about Burrow is you know for that whole year we would have said Herbert you know is the better of those two quarterbacks but it was Burrow that got hot it was Burrow that kind of led that team to the Super Bowl and, and damn near could have won the thing but now we look at it and it, it, it just feels like I don't know it feels like there's some some regression like you said you could take it feels like you could take Mahomes and Allen put them on a bad team and like I said, I kind of think that's what Burrow did a little bit. Not that it was a bad team, but I think he took an average team. But was that a fluke, or is Joe Burrow the type of player that can elevate a decent team to a Super Bowl? I think for a long time, people had a really hard time, or for at least that second half of the season into the playoff, people had a really hard time adjusting to just how good Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd were as a trio. And that defense... They invested a couple of uh, mid-level type de- – I mean, not literally mid-level. That's an NBA term, but smaller deals yeah. on defensive players that you're like, hey, he's 30, he's okay, you know, we'll see. And they had career years mm-hmm. paired with some younger guys that they drafted similar to on the offensive side of the ball, the Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow thing where some guys stepped up younger. Now those guys are a little older. People have sort of figured out that defense, so that defense isn't quite as good. And teams are running too high and taking away Jamar Chase – on, on the deep ball, yeah. and because of all that, they've scaled back. Also, their offensive line is terrible. I, I feel like we do a little bit too much. Like, you look at Herbert, and people are like, is Herbert regressing? Well, Mike Williams has been a little bit banged up. Keenan Allen's been flat out hurt. They not, can't not run the played. ball at all. Rashawn Slater is out for the season, so he's lost the best offensive lineman he's got. They've got, what's his name, Stone something as their right tackle. He's terrible. He's a turnstile. And it's like, well, Herbert's regressed. I, I do the same thing with, like, look at Tua before he got hurt. Yeah. People were like, Tua's figured it out. No, Tua hadn't figured it out. He had literally, statistically, the worst offensive line in the NFL for a couple years and no weapons. Then he got Jalen Waddle and he could throw, but the worst offensive line. So they said, well, he can't throw deep at all. I was like, well, his time to throw is the shortest in the league because he has a terrible offensive line and they're throwing the ball two yards past the line of scrimmage at most. Now suddenly he gets Tyreek Hill and everybody goes, man, two is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. What happened? They upgraded their O-line. Taron Armstead was healthy for those first couple weeks. And they were throwing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I feel like situational football really matters. And I think we do a really poor job. Like Aaron Rodgers is washed. Well, no, he's not washed. Matthew Stafford wasn't a legend last year and now he sucks. (laughs) There are other things going on. But there are only a couple quarterbacks in the league, I think, that you can take them out of those situations where you say, okay, Josh Allen, we're going to take away Stephon Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox and that old line. Let's see who you really are. And he'd go, okay, yeah. let's, the, let's ball. But the, and, and Mahomes the, the same way. But I don't think Herbert's that way anymore. I don't think Rodgers is that way. Brady with the banged-up O-line with his offensive weapons hurting. Certainly not. He's not that guy anymore. There are only a couple of quarterbacks ever uh, uh, during any given era that are able to transform any situation and make a playoff situation. That's why I think Andrew Luck was that guy. Andrew Luck was that guy. Andrew Luck went into that's exactly where I was thinking. Luck went into a a bad Indianapolis team with a battle line, no run game to speak of, and a couple decent receivers, but he willed them into a playoff team. One playoff games. Now they weren't a, a Super Bowl team, but he took a bad Indianapolis team and he made them instant contenders. 
And I, I think that about Allen. I think that about Mahomes. But the nice part is, is that we haven't had to find out. You know, I look at, at Josh Allen, and I, I, I was, uh, who was it, Colin this morning, which, you know, look, there's times I think he can be a little hot takey, but uh, I think at times he makes solid points. I think, you know, when you do a national show like that, you know, I think there's always a little bit of that give and take. You're trying to cause some controversy, and you're trying to spark some conversation. But he brought up, you know, Justin Fields, who right now quarterback play is such a hot-button topic in the NFL because, to be honest with you, it's not that good right now. Like, we were talking a couple years ago that this was, like, this glory days of, like, these young quarterbacks. And you got Allen, and you got Mahomes, and you got, you know, these new kids coming up, and Herbert, and Burrow, and you had still some of the old guard, and you had Dak, and you had Brady still around, and Rodgers, and it was like the NFL's never been in better hands. And now I kind of feel like it's, it's gone the other way, where we're like, eh, this is some bad ball. Even Brady said, hey, we're watching bad football. And, you know, you saw it first, firsthand last night, Thursday Night Football, it was atrocious. And so Fields is getting dragged over the coals. And, you know, Colin tried to make the, the point today that, you know, the comparison for Justin Fields is Josh Allen. Because Allen struggled early on. And I was like, wow, that is, you're taking two big athletic quarterbacks and you're saying that, that one had some struggles early on. And, and rightfully so. I didn't think Josh Allen was very good. But you look at what Justin Fields is doing and you're saying that's his comp you're talking about a guy that looks like he's trending towards being the best player in the NFL, being an MVP type. And you're trying to say what you've seen out of Justin Fields leads you to believe he can be that. I'm not ready to throw Justin Fields out with the, the, the you know, the baby with the bathwater, but there is a difference between situational bad football and just bad football. And when I look at Justin Fields right now, I think a lot of the criticism is warranted. Yes, he's got a lot bad happening around him. And I, that's why I said even at the start of the year, if Field struggles, I don't think necessarily you can say that, that he can't get better because I think he's working with one of the worst situations around him. But at the same time, when, when you're presented opportunities, even on a bad football team, if you're a good quarterback, you will show glimpses. And through now a year and some change, there aren't many glimpses that Justin Fields is showing you. You know he's got arm talent. You know he can move around a little bit. It's a reason why he was a top draft pick. But I don't know. I, I, I just think that's, that some of that does have to fall upon the quarterback, even if you're in a bad situation. You don't have to necessarily be great all the time, but you have to show glimpses of it. You saw it with, with you know Herbert when he came to the league, Burrow when he came to the league. Trey Lance. Uh, yeah, Trey Lance. You <laughs> no, know, not Trey Lance. You know, or Andrew Luck or, or, you know, I guess even Trevor Lawrence a little bit, not a ton, but you see you see glimmers, you see you see some light. Yes, flashes. And, yeah. and I'm not sure where if they struggle, they keep this offense going and Chicago ends up with the number one pick and a C.J. Stroud is, is sitting there, I'm not so certain that the Bears don't end up going a Kyler Murray route, Josh Rosen, and punting on fields after two years. These next handful of games, I think, are huge for Justin Fields to prove under a new regime that he can be the guy and you don't end up having to draft his replacement. The really, the really hard part with, with NFL discussion, I think, for me personally, is marrying what we're seeing with the scouting report. And, and I think that's very, very important. Justin Fields was a quarterback coming out in college that they said he needs his receivers to be two steps open. Yeah. He doesn't see, he doesn't anticipate. Well, he didn't, an open, ha- he didn't have to at Ohio State. It was a spread offense, plug and play. And, he knows where he's going, turn, throw the ball. And look at the receivers yeah. they had in that four or five yeah. year window. I mean, it was unbelievable. Ridiculous. He was throwing to unbelievable receivers yeah. and, they, and a great O line. And they said if he goes to the wrong situation where he doesn't have a ton of time and he doesn't have a ton of receivers that can separate, that's going to be his biggest flaw exposed. Because he needs, again, he needs wide open separation. That is a difficult offense to create anyway. I think Brian Dable has done a pretty good job with that with Daniel Jones, who also has some of those similar issues, although he is more of a gunslinger. Where Goes he, to show you what good coaching can do. Though. He's creating situations. He's set up the run game and used play action to create situations that Daniel Jones has windows to throw to and has open receivers. The Bears went the other way. They went, let's invest in defense. Well, punt on O-line. They literally traded a starting le- uh, right tackle last year before the start of their season because they wanted to play their rookie. Their, ri- their rookie got out was out for the year, and suddenly their O-line sucked. And then they have Darnell Mooney, who is okay, and that's, that's it. That's what that team has for weapons. And when you have a young quarterback and you also go, what is his issue? Okay, he needs time to throw. 
and we need to create an interesting offense that creates short throws where we get little screens, get him comfortable, run the ball, run some play action where his receivers can get separation. Instead, they've gone, let's get possession receivers and a crappy O-line and see what he does. He's got no chance. It's a worse situation than what Tua had, and we're starting to see that with weapons, again, when healthy, Tua's a functional quarterback. Does he have limitations? Yes, but he's functional. And right now what we see with Justin Fields is he has limitations and the Bears went, good luck, kid. We're going to compound them and see if you can overcome them on the fly. Guess what? He can't, especially on a Thursday night when he's got three days to prep. It ain't happening. No, and it just ends up looking really, really ugly. We come back. A piece of criticism was lobbed his way last night, and uh, it's caused a bit of a stir. I ask you if you think that is a fair criticism or is it just a fair observation? That when we come back. Primetime here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is... Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Steve Woodward Friday here on The Fan. Talking a little quarterback play. You can text the program 503-250-1080. Must be tough to go to an absolute terrible team after coming, uh, or after coming from Ohio State surrounded by talent. Absolutely. You know, when you someone said Josh Allen looked bad until they got digs, well, I think that obviously helped. But I think Josh Allen got was bad because I don't think Josh Allen was very good. Josh Allen came out of Wyoming and wasn't a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. And he ended up in a situation where they built a good team around him with a good run game and a good defense. I think the best thing you can have as a quarterback coming in this league is a run game, a defense, or a coach that can go and develop you. And so Josh Allen ended up in a, in a great in Buffalo, and you saw someone that really struggled in year one, kind of struggled in year two, and then made a leap that we really haven't seen in the NFL. We haven't seen someone go from that bad to that good in a two-year window. And then you end up with a guy like, like uh, you know, Justin Fields, who ended up in about as bad a situation as possible. I don't think Zach Wilson's in a great situation in New York. I think a lot of the young quarterbacks ended up in poor situations. But that's been the story of the NFL forever. When you're a top six, top seven draft pick, not going to a good situation. I just think that there's a lot of bad franchises when it comes to developing quarterbacks. We had Trent Dilfron a number of years ago. And he said one of the biggest misnomers about the NFL is that it has the best coaching in the world. And it just doesn't. I mean, in, in some of it, I mean, it's some franchises just seem cursed. I mean, when's the last time the Bears had a quarterback? I mean, it's like Jim McMahon. I mean, that franchise just has been dreadful. And I'm not saying you can put that just that there's a franchise curse. But, look, just there are people, there are not a lot of people in this league that are that are 
made to develop quarterback talent. And if you end up in a bad situation and you're not a generational talent, I think it can be really hard to to succeed. No doubt. And you look at Josh Allen, and, and everybody wants to talk about the tools they put around him, which is good. They fully invested in him. Yeah. The other thing is that makes him different, and I, I listened to way too long a podcast about what happened with Josh Allen. He has a generational arm, generational arm strength. Yes. Because of that, he never married his lower half and his upper half mechanically. His feet trailed or excuse me his body trailed his feet and I don't know exactly why I don't understand I'm not a good enough quarterback coach to explain it to you exactly but they worked on his mechanics for those first three years in getting those two things to sync up that for most quarterbacks they have to have to throw some of the balls that he was throwing off his back foot because he has generational arm strength once he did that once he married his upper and lower half that is when his accuracy locked in he figured out his mechanics so yes they surrounded him with pieces. But the biggest thing was his accuracy, and it was literally at such a big arm, and he'd never had a coach at Wyoming or in high school that was like, hey, your, your body's trailing your feet. Yeah. That he was like, oh, okay. And someone just was like, we're going to work on this until you get it right. It's like Randy, it's, it's going to change your mechanics. It's like Randy Johnson or some of these guys that come into the big leagues, and they're just a bunch of hard-throwing guys that can't do anything. And then someone's like, hey, by the way, you might want to learn how to throw a ball. And then, you know, 15 years later, you're the most dominant pitcher in baseball exactly. and you're going into the Hall of Fame. Exactly like that. And I, I, don't, I don't know why we don't view NFL quarterbacks that way. Like, we just have this idea of either you're good or you're bad. Hey, within two years, we make the decision. Either you suck or you don't. And there's, like, this, this weird, I don't know, there's just this weird, like, instant judgment we make on them. And then we, once, once you get labeled that, it's, it's, it's really hard to shake it. And I also think when it comes to it, there – like a guy like Alex Smith gets held up as his that's kind of like the the gold jewel of someone that got thrown away and then ended up in a in a good situation and developed into a nice solid quarterback. The first Jimmy Garoppolo. The first Jimmy Garoppolo. Like yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is Alex Smith 2.0. Like that's an Alex you. Smith thing and and well people say well Alex Smith was never great. No, Alex Smith was never going to be great. And I think that's the other one is we think that be, if you get the right team and the right coaching and right that you can be Patrick Mahomes, you can be Josh Allen. And the answer to that is no. Those guys came, uh, like, it's it's the LeBron factor or anyone else. There's some guys that just come out of the womb that are built with the ability, if everything goes right, to be giants. And there's other people like Alex Smith that, with the right coaching and the right situation, can be good to very good. But you're never going to be Josh Allen be- or, or Patrick Mahomes because you don't have the arm. You don't have the improv. You don't have the artistry that it comes with that. You're not going to be Brett Favre because you can't throw a football, you know, 75 yards. And so there's all these different nuances when it comes to being a successful quarterback. And yet we all try to put it into one mold, which I go to Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing well, the. So before you yeah. get into that. I, I think what one of the things we do a really poor job of with quarterbacks is being honest about what you are. Russell Wilson wants to be, play hero ball. Yeah. That's, not, that's not who he is anymore. You're let's, a system let's, quarterback. Let's and, it's, and it's okay to be that guy. But be honest about who you are. Zach Wilson has limitations. And he's, he's got a chance to be a solid quarterback. I think he's got a chance to be plus Alex Smith. But he needs to be that guy. And you need to Stop own it. Stop comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. And so often... We say, well, we want this guy to be a gunslinger and throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, or he's, he's, a, he's a bust. The Niners had some problems with this with Trey Lance, and Kyle Shanahan was trying to make him fit in what he Let guys be who they are, but also on the player side, don't fight what you are. Be who you are, and we're having some problems with that even well, this is, today. So this is what Ryan Fitzpatrick said that's causing a, a, just an absolute like, like tizzy fit. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, on the Thursday night broadcast, I think him and Richard Sherman – are the best thing about that Thursday They're night phenomenal. broadcast. Yep. Because God knows the football is it. It's, Taylor Rooks is pretty good. <laughs> boy, tell me about it. That thing is is atrocious to watch. So it is some really, really bad football. And it's a conversation for another time. But Thursday night is just, it's you're not going to get good ball on a regular basis as you get into the season. Guys are too beat up. A lot of guys can barely walk on Thursday, and we're asking them to play. And it's a short week of preparation and travel. It's not set up for good football. But... Fitzpatrick and Sherman are a, a just a, a breath of fresh air. And Ryan Fitzpatrick last night said about Justin Fields. He said, Justin Fields needs to look in the mirror and say, what am I? This is what you were talking about. He said, you're not Peyton Manning. You're not Patrick Holmes. You're not a pocket passer. You're a Cam Newton type. You're a guy who is an elite runner of the football. And 
people are dragging Fitzpatrick over that and saying that that it's a it's it's racist. They're saying it's a dog whistle. They're going back to that African American quarterbacks, you know, can only be runners. And I hate that that we we've gotten into this where saying someone is a Cam Newton type is a is a bad thing. Cam Newton was a Super Bowl quarterback. Cam Newton won an MVP. Cam Newton was one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league for a decade. And Cam Newton was never an elite passer. Cam Newton was never going to be a guy that could beat you from the pocket. Wasn't an elite processor at all. No. He played basically a half field read, but he was very, very successful. So when you look at Justin Fields, who's, you know, six foot two, six foot three, 230 pounds, and right now his best asset is legs, which, by the way, what did Josh Allen do early on? He ran. And he had to grow and develop his arm. I think you look at Lamar Jackson has done this a little bit. Lamar has gotten better as he's thrown, but he's not an elite passer, but he uses his legs as the, the game grows and develops. So to say that you're a Cam Newton type and you need to realize who you are right now if you're the Chicago Bear and Justin Fields, I don't understand why that caused such a fit. Is it simply because of the race angle yeah, and he- that people are doing that? Because I think that is a very, very fair criticism and a very – I think it's a very fair point, and I don't think it's a negative to say that you're a Cam Newton type. It's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's where it comes from. I mean, you look at what Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon had to fight against to be quarterbacks. And, sure. and the negative connotations that in in some places they weren't even neg- negative connotations. People just flat out said. That you're not smart. At a black yeah. who? I, I'm trying to. Was I it, mean, that used to be a yeah, thing that I'm people trying to remember who loud. said it. Someone said out loud, someone who was a fairly, off to look it up, but a, a fairly prominent NFL guy simply said, African Americans do not possess like the intellectual, like the ability Terrible. to process the game. But I think we've gone past that. If you're a great quarterback in the league, I don't think it matters. Yeah. And you know what the number one exhibit for that is? Deshaun Watson. The fact that people were like, you've done what to how many women? Is it over 50? It's not over 50. Can he throw a football? He's my guy. $300 million. Let's go. Guaranteed. I, they, the league does not care. We've yeah. seen that. The league doesn't care. If you're good, they'll find a spot for you now. Yes. In fact, in some, I mean, they've gone the other way where it's terrible how, how willing they are to find a spot for a guy if you're talented. Deshaun Watson is an African-American quarterback who has a lot of strikes against him, and they're still finding a spot because he can sling it. No one is saying Geno Smith is a Cam Newton type because he's accurate in the pocket and he's not a runner, and that's not who he is. Now, Herb Street did screw up and say he relied on his legs a bunch in college, which was not true at at all. all. He was not a guy that ran around. No one's confusing Geno Smith's athleticism with Cam Newton. So there are mistakes still made that have to do with race. The fact that Kirk Herbstreet said that is not because Kirk Herbstreet's anti-African-American quarterbacks, but it is he was lazily assuming, well, he's a pretty athletic African-American guy, so I bet he was a pretty good runner. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. And Kirk, no one knows knows college football better than Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah. So it still gets made. That, that mistake still gets made. But, again, it comes down to know what you are. And people are really sensitive with Justin Fields because when he was coming out in the draft, Mac Jones had a DUI. And people were like, he has no character concerns, but Justin Fields does, and he's lazy. And does he really want to study? Kyler Murray had in his contract, you need to study. This stuff does seem to come up still occasionally with African-American quarterbacks. So there is sometimes an issue. But we need to divorce those circumstances from, like, are you or are you not a pocket passer? Exactly. Because that doesn't have anything to do with race anymore. Geno Smith is a pocket passer. He's an African-American quarterback. And no one says, you know, Geno would be a lot more effective in Seattle. They'd win more games if he ran because he's an effective passer. But the, and the data backs that. His best right now when he's moving around. Well, because yet, he's not doing the other stuff at all. He's, yes, ter- he's terrible. He's got bad footwork. He misses guys when they're open, but he shows his you. His O-line blip. sucks. His receivers can't separate. Move um, him move him around. Right. Move him around. So I, I thought what Fitzpatrick said by saying be honest with who you are and again, I think right now, if it, to go back to the Colin Kaepernick or not Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin Cowherd, where he said the, the the comp being Josh Allen, I think there's some truth to that. Early on, Josh Allen and Buffalo could not throw the ball very well. So what did they but do? His with, issues were mechanical. Exactly, but and what Fields did, is processing. But Fields what is did processing. They, what did they do with Josh Allen? Surrounded him with a good old line and talent, and they had him run receiver talent. Josh yeah. Allen for a year and a half, his best option was to run with his legs. Yes. So to me, if you've got a quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's RG three, whether it's anyone, if you've got a quarterback that's athletic and can move around and create plays with his legs, and struggles to create plays with his arm, and struggles to be a pocket quarterback, 
the idea of not putting him in situations to succeed and not saying that you have to pigeonhole him and say you can only be this, you can never get better. Ben Roethlisberger did this. Early on, Ben was not a, a, a big, his first Super Bowl, he was more of an ancillary piece. And they had Big Ben move around, make plays with his legs, hand the ball off. And then he, as he got better, he became more of the focal point of the office. Same thing with Russell Wilson. So I think what you're talking about to me with Justin Fields, when you say, are you a Cam Newton type? Yes, right now you need to be. Because you, you can win in this league not being a pocket quarterback. And then hopefully as you grow and develop that other piece, you become a more well-rounded quarterback and you can go back to doing things in the pocket and you can marriage those two things together as opposed to we've got to break out of this mold. This is the first time we make a criticism of someone saying he's not a pocket quarterback, whether he's African-American or not. We immediately go to, well, that's an unfair statement and you're not given enough time and he doesn't have enough weapons and he's got a bad old line. It's ridiculous. The NFL is a right now, what can you do for me? And what they're doing with Justin Fields is criminal. It's not good for the Bears, and it's not good for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I I totally agree. I, I, I don't think anything more needs to be said, to be honest. It's frustrating for me to hear people even begin to start the whole thing about, you know, well, Justin Fields is is needs to be treated like a pocket passer. You are... You are who you are, and here's how simple it is. And, and football is a complicated game at times, and in other ways, it's so incredibly simple. When you have a quarterback that can run, you are playing 11 on 11. When you have a quarterback who stands back there and throws, you're playing 10 versus 11, but the thought is you have a supercomputer back there, basically, who can pick apart even 10 v. 11. So to say, you know what, right now you're basically not good enough to be the statue guy who plays 10 on 11. But if we add the running element and we make a defender, for, force a defender to follow you, to shadow you, to, to, you know, to stay with you, you are good enough if we move you to play 10 on 10 because someone else is staying with you. Yeah. Or 11 on 11 if you want to count that guy. That doesn't seem that critical. And the younger you are, the more important it is to not have to play 10 on 11 because it's hard. It's really hard to do. And so to say, hey, Fields is probably a guy that right now needs to be running the ball, so it's 11 on 11 because he can't just stand back there and pick you apart 10 v. 11. is not critical, and it has nothing to do with race. No. It's just the reality. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's one of the – I'm not going to say it's, it's the biggest, but it is one of the biggest advantages that you can have on a football field if you have a quarterback that can move. And you don't have to be the greatest runner – Look at Patrick Mahomes, but a guy that can move the pocket, the guy that can can pick up first downs, and the guy that can avoid pressure, it is one of the biggest advantages that you can get on a football field, especially with the way defenses are playing right now. And we'll talk about that and what they're doing to combat some of these quarterbacks. A little NFL talk here on a football Friday before we move into some college football talk. Promise we'll get to that. In the news, we got Joey Harrington. Set your football schedule. A full slate still to go here on a Football Friday edition of Primetime right here, 1080 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Talk some college football next hour. Take a look at the Pac-12 slate ahead. But we spent this hour talking NFL. Kind of the uh, 
mess that was Thursday Night Football, and just to a larger extent, I think quarterback play, I think that's kind of been a topic across the board when you look at, at quarterback play. You know, Brady has struggled a little bit. Rodgers has struggled a little bit. Burrow has struggled a little bit. Uh, some of the young guys haven't progressed nearly as much, and so people are kind of asking, you know, what's going on. Um, I do think there's a defensive component to this, and, you know, I, I, I hate to give, you know, Vic Fangio, there's been some articles that like, oh, Vic Fangio is changing the way that, the NFL game is played. Well, the NFL is cyclical, and Vic Fangio uh, has started something over the last, let's go, you know, seven or eight years that's kind of started to take hold. And, you know, Brandon is going to see this trickle around. But basically, it's just it's, it's a two-cover shell. Teams the last couple of years have basically started to just play two high safeties and force teams to play underneath. And I do think that when you talk about young quarterback development, I think it's harder Right now, with the defenses that are being played, I think it's harder for young quarterbacks to come in and be successful because you're having to anticipate. You're having to read more coverages. You're getting less cover one. You're getting less man coverage. And you're getting more complex things, and you're having to put together 14 and 15 play drives. I feel like right now, the entire defense of mindset in the NFL is, we believe that you can't go 15 plays on us. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to get a penalty. We're going to get a sack. We're going to put you behind the chains, and we're not going to let you beat. We're not going to let you beat us over the top. And especially with some of the young guys, it's hard to it's hard to go on 13 play drives, especially if you don't have a running game. And I think a lot of these offenses a number of years ago kind of went away from the run game because everyone said, "Well, it's a passing league, and we can throw the ball 45." quarterbacks that are successful in this league it's the quarterbacks that have good run games yeah i mean the league is unquestionably i mean financially we can see they've they've de-invested in the run game over the last few years running backs don't matter is, yeah. is a common refrain offensive line play is stretched too thin and that that's a big part of it too so look at matthew stafford matthew stafford last year was the darling of the league and we were saying oh as soon as he left detroit and he got into sean McVay's system the world changed and he is this hall of famer now well, you lose your left tackle to retirement. You lose uh, a guy to free agency, and you get a couple injuries. And now y- the Rams look terrible. Matthew Stafford didn't forget how to play. Matthew Stafford has no time to throw. Right. I mean, we, we can go through it. I mean, let's go over the quarterbacks who are starting in the league right now. Who do you have confidence cannot have a negative play 15, 16 plays in a row consistently? Uh, Lamar Jackson, I'll just name guys we don't even have to ask. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Jacoby Brissett. No. Uh, Russell Wilson. No. no. Davis Mills. No. Matt Ryan. No. Trevor Lawrence. No. Mahomes. Yes. Yes. Derek Carr. No. Justin Herbert, given their O-line situation. Well, he's he, yes, I, I love Herbert, but I think when you talk about their, their struggles, yes, he's not immune to it. And I think Herbert's a top five quarterback in the right. league, and he's not immune to this. To a, and Teddy Two Gloves. No. Matt, the- Mac Jones and Bra- uh, Bailey Zappi. Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Ryan Tannehill, Marcus <laughs> right? Mariota, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, Justin Fields, uh, Cooper Rush, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers with no receivers, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones. The, We're seeing the issue, yes, right? I mean, this saying, is the right, issue. The two quarterbacks that you named at the end are the, the God's honest, the best example of this. You look at Daniel Jones and you look at Cooper Rush. Two teams right now that are both, what, 4-1 and one, and with – absolutely limited quarterback play in Daniel Jones terrible, and, terrible. And, and Cooper Rush. And doing it different ways, I think the Giants are kind of doing it smoke and mirrors, and they got some trick plays, and it's very good coaching. They're doing it with Brian Dable. They're That's doing it with Brian Dable. And, and Saquon Barkley, who's having yeah. a resurgence. And then you got the Cowboys that are doing it with just, hey, we're going to run the ball. My God, don't turn it over, and we're going to let our defense play. Two, good, two teams that have invested in O-line and have a good running game. Yeah, the passing game does not set up their off their offense in any way. Cooper Rush completed what ten or eleven passes yep. against the Rams, and they won by two scores. Yeah, and so much of this now with this this two high shell defenses that teams are playing. One of the best ways to to break that down is play action pass. The problem is is that because it sucks up the linebackers and it creates some gaps. The NFL for years was existing on deep routes and crossing. Crossing patterns. And yes. what if what are defenses trying to now more than anything else take away? Deep passes and crossing routes. And when you don't have a run game and you can't run play action off of it, you're seeing a lot of offenses right now that literally have no bullets in their guns. And so it's it's not as if that the NFL 
it suddenly has, has changed. I think defenses have just smartened up and realized that, hey, if you don't, if you're not going to try to run the ball on us, and we don't have to respect the play action pass. And again, we're just not going to let you throw over the top of us. And now it's up to the offenses to now make an adjustment. I just think it's it's hard for a lot of young quarterbacks coming into this league the way it's being played right now. I, I, I think you're going to see this over the next couple of years until offenses change and evolve. I think you're going to see more and more young quarterbacks struggle because it's not like this in college. Almost everyone can run the ball in college. Either that or and DBs just aren't that good. And when you come from an elite program, guys are open. You look at Ohio State play, you look at some of the, even look, look at like Oregon and, and UCLA, wherever they run the ball, there are a lot of open guys and, and, and that, that Bo Nix and, uh, and DTR are able to throw to. And those windows don't exist in the NFL. I mean, just look at the teams that are winning right now. It's teams with transcendent quarterback talent, so they know how to pick it apart. Yep. The, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier. And teams that have really good O-lines and really good run games. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants. Uh, that's not an accident. No. The, the league has adjusted and said, you want to run the ball? Go ahead. But you're not going to beat us over the top. And the teams are like, we're built to run the ball. Sounds good to us. They're winning right now. Yeah. The Bengals were, were the quintessential. We want to beat you deep. We're not going to invest a ton in our O-line. We're not going to have the greatest defense. But we're going to outscore you with elite wide receivers. And Joe now. Mixon's good, but their O-line's not good. And they're suddenly having a huge problem. Rams, same way. We're going to devalue the run. We're not going to run the football. But we've got Matt Stafford, a computer back there with Cooper Cup, and you know Odell Beckham at one and point. And you're going to have to Robinson. play nickel and dime against us. And when you do run nickel and dime, great. Then we'll run the ball when it behooves us every once in a while. And now you don't have to because you, you just it's teams aren't teams aren't ha- having to set up their defense. Enjoy your four yard <laughs> out route to Cooper Cup. Yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, throw to him fourteen times a game. Cool. Fourteen catches, eighty nine yards. Good luck. I just remember a number of years ago when everyone was asking, with today's rules, how on earth is anyone going to play defense? Well, the NFL always finds a way. It's cyclical. And in another four or five years, they'll come up with a solution to this, and we'll go back to, oh, my God, offenses are killing people. How are defenses are going to be able to do it? Every handful of years we have this, and right now, you know, it's like baseball, right? There's a hitter's era. There's a pitcher's era. I think right now in the NFL, I think we're in a little bit, believe it or not, even with all the rules, I think we're in a little bit of a defensive era of football, and you're going to see a transition back to run games. You see a tradition back to the play-action game. I think it's just trending that way, and give it time. It'll it'll come back around. It's just what the NFL does. All right, we'll switch gears when we come back. Let's talk a little college football, and uh, I want to take a little look ahead, too, because I think there's a huge one coming next week down in Eugene that I think has a chance to be a game-of-the-year type. So talk a little college football when we come back. Primetime here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.